This is Double, Double Strength. Strength Mama Power. It's the Stuff Podcast. You're just about to leave the house. Now, what was that one last thing you were going to pack? Even though we can't make up for the lack of sleep or lapse in concentration, we can reassure you of the care that goes into the development of our Ann Mum toddler milk right here in New Zealand. Ann Mum, you've got this. She said, can I tell you you're having twins? And I said, <laughs> no. <laughs> and Simon, we looked at each other and I swore. <laughs> it was terrible because there was no one in my family with twins. Oh, wow. No one. That's Sonia Gray, and she's used to working with numbers. She's been our lotto presenter for nearly 14 years now. And she's one of those one in a thousand mums, one in a thousand, who end up having twins. Currently, 1.5% of all babies born in New Zealand come in multiples. Well, Sonia's girls are nine years old now, but she vividly remembers how it was finding out she was going to be a mother of twins. And she's going to talk to us about that and the challenges of finding herself bringing up two children who have ended up on two very different life paths. This is Double Strength Mama Power. Kia ora koutou. When the first quadruplets born in New Zealand in 20 years arrived just before Christmas, parents across the country were sizing up the monumental task ahead for the Timaru couple who ended up with that amazing baby bonanza. One mum taking notice of the story was lotto presenter and mother of twins, Sonia Gray. Having more than one baby at the same time has been a huge learning curve for her in every way. She talked to me about the ups as well as the downs. Sonia, do those kinds of stories about multiple births bring back your own experiences? They do, and it's funny because I've sort of blanked out that early stage of of having a multiple birth. Um, I had two babies at once, and this is four, so I think it's probably more than double the work. I can't imagine how they get any sleep. Your pregnancy, was that picture perfect for you? Um, Well, we decided that we'd get pregnant, my partner and I. He wanted one child, and I Mm -hmm. said, okay, great, we'll have one. I said, well, you know, I'm in my 30s now, so we'd better do it because it'll probably take two years. Bang, as soon as I finished that sentence, we're pregnant. I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, gosh, gosh, okay. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm having a baby. I can get my head around this. And um, was really, really sick and sort of growing really quickly for the first 12 weeks. Went for that 12-week scan. So I was just so paranoid, you know, never in a million years thought there might be more than one in there. And um, I still remember lying there and she said, can I tell you you're having twins? And I said, <laughs> no. Because I re- I was like, no, she's looking at someone else's sketch. She's probably got the person before me and it's been a terrible mix-up. And she said, no, you're having twins. And I said, no, I'm really not. And then it sort of all, and Simon, we looked at each other and I swore. <laughs> it was terrible because she probably thought of this ungrateful woman. But it just had never entered. There was just no possible, there was no one in my family with twins. Oh, wow. No one. Well, see, Sonia, I had twins in our family. So we've got, my grandmother was a twin. And so it was supposed to hit in my generation. And it missed me and it got my sister. So <laughs> so you found out you're having twins. Oh, my goodness. Did you have good support? Oh, I had great support, yeah. My mum was incredible. Um, Oh, I feel quite emotional talking about it now because it was such a hard time and the family just rallied round and my friends, oh my goodness, 
in a 24-hour cycle, I had half an hour off in each two-and-a-half-hour block. And my friends would come, that they'd know when I was about to get that break, and they'd come and they'd pick me up and we'd race to have a coffee. And then my husband would ring me when one had woken up and they'd race me back. And they just, oh, they were just brilliant. I just couldn't have done it without them. And I remember my mum stayed for the first three weeks um, and was amazing, was getting up in the night with me and she was just, she was such a soldier. And then at three weeks, when they were three weeks old, she said, um, I've got to go home now. And I just cried my eyes out. I cried like a baby. And I remember that first night when one of the babies woke up, well, they both woke up actually, and I thought, I just had that horrible feeling that I'm the mother now. You know, that sense of responsibility just just came down on me like a ton of bricks and I was just like, I am a mother. I am the one that has to get up. And the interesting thing and tough thing about twins is that when one wakes up, there's probably a 95 to 99% chance the other one is going to. And so this whole battle to get, I mean, you you would probably remember how hard it is to get your baby down to, you know, you're doing the patting and, yeah. and you're like, oh, tiptoe away and <laughs> they're asleep and you high-five your husband. And I remember some nights just being awake all night because I couldn't get them to sleep and then just having the TV on as company and I always, the, there was a replay back then of Te Karere at 5.30 and when Te Karere came on, 5.30 a.m., I knew it was morning time and there was that horror of I haven't slept all night and I've got to keep going through the day. So when I think about those quadruplets, I'm like, how how are they are doing sure? it? How are they, you know? Support. I support, guess. yeah, exactly. And as you say, that friend support that you have had has made an amazing difference. Even just having some adult connection and going having a, that cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just feeling normal again and yeah. not just... Because I think, you know, any parent, especially a mother you feel needed so much like you're just you know someone you need to be you need to change nappies and you need to feed this baby and you need to and just having something for yourself is just oh mm. you talk about the closeness of the girls they're not identical are they no very much non-identical yeah <laughs> um tandy is pale skinned burns quite easily um blue eyed sort of light light kind of hair um and very little and Nizi is um, sort of more my skin colouring, long, dark, beautiful, long, dark hair, big brown eyes, and a little bit bigger in build. They don't even look like sisters. Oh, really? <laughs> no. They're so different in personality, and they always have been. Um, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing because they sort of, they kind of complement each other, I think. Um, it's interesting because you... When you have twins, you can really see this whole debate between nurture and nature. They come out the way they are, and I think we can. there's only so much we can do to help them on their way. But, I mean, my little girls were there from day dot together. They were fed the same food. They were, you know, they had everything, and yet they're just like they were when they... Their personalities sort of haven't changed, you know? They're just going off in their own little directions on their own roads, and... But what I love, and this is the uh, the wonderful thing about twins, that love they have for each other is so fierce and their loyalty to each other, and they can fight. But they will have each other's back forever. They will, I know, oh, it makes me quite emotional thinking of this, but I know they'll have each other's hand forever, you know, and that just gives me so much um, 
comfort. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So when were they separated from bedrooms? Um, mm, that was the age of five, I think. Was yeah. that their choice or yours? Um, that was Nizzy, desperately wanted her own room, um, and Tandy was heartbroken. She'd still love to share a room with her sister. She just, just you know. But, um, yeah, Nizzy just, yeah, wanted her own space. So my little Nizzy um, was a very, very tough baby and coped most of the way through until she got to school. School sort of broke her and... Um, when you say it broke her? Uh, she just stopped being able to do the things that other kids could do. So she got through her first year. She had a fabulous teacher. And then in year two, she just started running away from school. So she'd just go. Yeah, she started, she wore the same dress every day. So we just had to wash it every night. She just, her world just closed down. And um, so we had a diagnosis of autism, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, oppositional defiance disorder, all these things. And what we've now worked out is that she has elements of all those things, but what her, I guess the pervasive um, problem for her is that she's something called twice exceptional. So her intelligence level is 99th percentile, quite up there in certain areas, and then 6 or 8% in some processing speed. So it's like, I imagine, she has all this information coming in and she can't process it all. So giftedness, which she has, is is not just about education, it it's, um, extends to how you cope with life. So she finds life really difficult. And it's like she's on one side of the bridge and we're all over here on the other, and I, as her mum, need to walk over to that side of the bridge and take her hand and walk with her over to this side slowly. And there's nothing wrong with that side of the bridge, it's just that this side is where we have to live as a society so she we have to find a way for her to be able to but she is the most brilliant kid I mean you'd like she's curious and um funny and but yeah she's um she really really struggles with life wonderful she's got such a support network with you and your husband <laughs> she does I and know your sister. But yeah but it's a, you know we were at crisis point um various times and I I don't mind saying that because I now know how many families are in the same situation. There's thousands who are sinking. And, yeah, I've, I feel like it's my job this year because we've reached a point that we're coping pretty well that I need to um, spread the love and the knowledge that I've gained out to other families because it is a minefield out there. So Great. Yeah. Now, having a built-in playmate seems, on the face of it, brilliant. Is it that case for your two? You know, it's interesting because I've only had twins, so I've got nothing to compare it to. So, yes, I think so. As they get older, their needs and wants and desires diverge. And it would be so much easier for me if they just stayed kind of the same. <laughs> We're all on this one happy thing. And in my case, I have one daughter that needs a lot more. I, it could be the same with, with most twins, maybe. And so I'm really aware and have noticed that my other daughter, who is so neurotypical and so normal that she just can sort of waltz through life, is is struggling a little bit. And it's now, now that things have eased up, I need to give her my time and energy and 
one-on-one time and love because um, she's she has missed out and I feel heartbroken about that. But I know that they know that there's struggles, but they know how lucky they are. Wonderful. Now, what top tip would you have for families of multiple births? So many. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what I would have done differently is not say to myself, I'm a super mum, I should be able to do this because it's just twins. Lots of people have twins, it's fine. I've got my husband. Right from the word go, I'd get, if you can afford it, get a night nanny. So um, so that's what I said to my friend who was pregnant with twins a couple of years after me, and it made all the difference to her. So get someone that comes in for the first few weeks or months, um, even if it's three nights a week, and just wakes you up when the babies are ready to be fed, brings them to you, you feed them and puts them down. So all you're doing is feeding and sleeping. Um, yeah, that would make a big difference. And just getting help in during the day because it's, by the time I realised I was tired and not coping, I couldn't even think how I would go about getting somebody. You know that feeling where you're just like, and I don't, how would I, my house is so messy, like I couldn't get, I don't want to, you know. Where do you start? Yeah. yeah. It's that baby brain in yeah, hyper mode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So just even if you don't end up needing them, it might be you might have these kids that sleep through the night and you're fine. Let them go. But just have all that stuff in place just in case. Olive sing no, Olive sing with me. I you can come back to the I'm still tired ten years after having my first. I'm still not sleeping through the night necessarily. You know, like that that's been um, a real challenge. Our six-year-old still wakes up in the night. Um, and I didn't think that would go on as long as it has. Um, and I just, I've come to the point now where I've accepted, you know what, I'm going to be tired now probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's just what it is. Ah, yes, a perfect example that doesn't matter how old your babes are, sleep is key. Not just for them, but for yourself too. And Sonia actually made mention of how difficult she found it uh, with the multiple birth, with both babies waking constantly through the night and really needing her as much as they did. Mm, I can't imagine that. I do recall obviously getting up to mine when they were young, but that was just one baby. And it's so hard. I I think New Zealanders particularly for some reason find it so hard to ask for help. And yet, when you put yourself out there and open yourself up, and it is a vulnerable place to be to ask for help, but when you do that, you're actually creating an opportunity for those who love you to help. And everybody loves giving help, we just don't necessarily like to ask for help. Mm. So if you can reframe that a little bit, you know, if you're at home or wherever you are listening to this thinking, oh God, yes, I could do with help myself. If you can just reframe it in your mind and think it's not about being weak. No, it's not being a failure. It's absolutely not being a failure. It's actually about saying, hey, I'm just like so many other people out there, just need a little bit of support and open yourself up to that opportunity. And accept support when it's offered. It's always a great one. It's saying, oh, no, 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 I'm fine because, Mm. you know, we do, we get on and we just do. Mm. But actually, it's okay to put your hand up and say, I need some help, please. Or, yes, please, can you come and just hold the baby for me? Absolutely. Yep, it's putting yourself out there. It's asking for help. It's taking help. It's taking the moments when you need them to just rest and relax. It is looking after yourself and loving yourself. And taking a mindful moment. 
Mm, and I've got a surprise for you today, Susie. Something a little bit unexpected. We know there is loads of information out there on the internet, so that's why we've created Double Strength Mama Power, a one-stop podcast shop for you to get shareable intel on all things parenting. Proudly brought to you by Ann Mum Pedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk. And Mum, you've got this. With multiples, it's all about the giving. Even if you haven't birthed multiples, you might have multiple children and or be juggling multiple jobs, that of mummy or daddy or caregiver, and work outside the home. So many people and things to give our time to. We multitask. We are multitasking machines. However, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, many daily tasks are completed haphazardly, kind of jumbled together, and often they're not finished properly. If this sounds like you, I want you to pause with me for a moment. And I want you to think about a time when you were head down, bum up, 100% focused on one thing for a sustained period of time. Bring that occasion to mind now. And recall, how did you feel at the end of it? My guess is that you felt a sense of productivity, which comes hand in hand with a sense of achievement. Maybe you felt proud. Perhaps you also felt energised. When we multitask, the reward of such feelings is lost. When we lay a task on top of task, racing from one thing or person to the next, there's no moment to pause and worse, no time to raise a smile of success. So this mindful moment is a moment to give you time and space to feel a sense of achievement, to feel pride, to recognize yourself for the wonderful job you're doing. I want to invite you to take a moment now to close down your eyes. Settle yourself in your body by taking a deep breath in and out. Keeping your eyes closed, Bring to mind some of your activities over the last day or two without judging how you were or how they happened. Instead, witness those activities as if from the eyes of a caring friend. And as each activity comes to mind, I want you to pause and recognize the achievement no matter how small. Maybe you soothed your child, bringing him or her comfort, making them feel safe. Maybe you goofed around with your child and made him or her smile giggle, happy. Maybe you nurtured your body with a rest or stimulated your mind with work. Or you got the vacuuming done. Or you didn't get much of anything done per se, but you were present. You continued to be the glue that holds everything together and you got through another day. Every day, in so many ways, you are succeeding. We can either make ourselves miserable or make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. So choose to focus on the little wins, take a breath and raise a smile. Be kind to yourself. You've got this. How did you find that, Susie? As always, Tui, I found it a gift because you are giving to yourself, you're giving to yourself some time, some focus on you. Mm. And I think that is just wonderful. Mm. It's interesting that you say focus because mindfulness is such a buzzword at the moment. What does it mean? Actually, it involves two simple things, which is attention 
and focus. And so that's why this mindful moment wasn't necessarily about breathing or a little meditation. It was giving you the time and space to pay attention to those little wins, focus on them so that you can feel good in yourself. And literally it's as simple as that. Wonderful. I've actually been going through our podcasts and going through your mindful moments <laughs> just to have that little focus on myself. Excellent. Lovely. Excellent. Now, we are double strength mama power. We are. Next week, we have double strength papa power coming to join us. Do we? Yes, we have. Got? We have Jono and Ben. Ah. Now, some would say double trouble, but <laughs> they're in to share uh, parental support. Looking forward to that and looking forward to our next mindful moment with you. Awesome. My bottom doesn't. My bottom doesn't. Oh, look, my bottom all is almost hanging off the sides. But don't look. The dress that covers it. <laughs> You're funny. What is your favourite thing about being sisters? Um, we play together and we're not alone. Now, I know that you two love singing together. How about a song from school? <gasps> One day a tiny far? Yeah. Okay, Toru fa. One day a tiny came swimming in the warm water. He whispered sweetly in my taringa, Won't you come along with me? There's such a lot to see underneath the deep blue sea. My mum is waiting for me. Underneath the kofi tree So tarifa haera Oh, kapai, that was awesome! As a parent, you have so many things to remember. That's why we don't go into all the detail about the probiotics, additional vitamins and minerals in our Ann Mum Pedia Pro 3 toddler milk. But we just let you know that we care as much as you do about your little ones as they grow. It's as simple as that. Double Strength Mama Power is a stuffed podcast made in commercial collaboration with the Ann Mum Pedia Pro 3 toddler milk. <laughs> <laughs>